2: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. How are you doing, Sam?
0: I'm doing so well. I miss Tom terribly and his hair.
2: Yeah, I know. Well, you know what? He'll be back soon, I'm sure. Oh, yes. He's never gone for long because, you know, he put that little dish out and he comes and he gets, <laughs> when he gets hungry, he comes and he eats. <laughs> Tom, we miss you. Um, anyway, so uh, we're going to talk about Tom since he's gone. Oh, good. Uh, Tom always fails in his New Year's resolutions. Oh, yeah. So we're going to talk about that. And I'm teasing because we're not going to talk about Tom. We love Tom. And I don't know if Tom fails or not in his New Year's resolutions. Well, there
0: was that that that, that promise he made to himself to start a chicken farm and then the yeah. horrible fate that befell those chickens you yeah, know, the first Yeah, that was not week. pretty.
2: That was not pretty. But I will say this. All I can talk about is myself. And mm. I know that in my uh, my storied past... And there are many stories to tell um, that I've failed many times in in what we'll call New Year New Year's resolutions.
0: Oh gosh, yes. I
2: mean, it's, it's in fact it's fairly common. It's kind of like a, a a joke, you know. Nowadays, everyone says, "So, have you failed in your resolution yet?"
0: Right. Yeah.
2: But for whatever reason, we still want to keep making them.
0: Well, it's interesting too because I think part of us recognizes whether we're coming from a Christian framework or not that uh, you know discipline is a good thing, and within a Christian framework, discipline and disciple go hand in hand. Yeah. But gosh, it's kind of hard to uh, it kind of eludes us, and our culture doesn't really promote discipline. Like Matthew Kelly says, that our, our culture wants to teach that you can have uh, happiness without discipline, and yeah. and, and, and our, that our church has always taught the opposite of right. that.
2: Yeah there's uh you know Aristotle talked about the false forms of happiness mm. right and so you not know, pleasure wealth and honor these were all things that so many people work towards and the reality is none of them really satisfy fully mm. right and so uh, working towards true happiness is a, it's a you know as a human being all of us are seeking true happiness but ultimately the happiness that brings fulfillment meaning Uh, You know peace purpose in life Um, And so these are these are this is all important. I think that's that's at the root of why people make resolutions Mm. And so that's a good thing, right? It's, It's good to have that desire to be better, to, right. to be disciplined, to be, I'm gonna do it this time. You know?
0: Although for, we have to sometimes ask ourselves sort of what is our what's our intention underlying? You know, if if let's say if we have a major fitness and exercise and, and diet regimen that we're taking upon ourselves, if we're doing it really just because we hate what we look like, right and, and we can't stand ourselves and there's sort of a cycle of violence with ourselves. That's not going to work out. Right. You know, if we're not grounded in the fact that we are loved by God, we are lovable as we are, and have that as a starting point for trying to take that which is good and make it even better, right, then we're not going to. uh, Right. So
2: we have to think about what we're resolving to do, what we're resolving to be. Um, we've done a show here at the Catholic Cafe uh, many years ago called Spiritual Resolutions, where mm. we were kind of looking for ways in which we could sort of, uh, I don't say reinvent, maybe repurpose that whole New Year's resolution thing and kind of take it into the spiritual realm. And I, and I still strongly believe that, that we should use this new year, as, see it as a, um, a new opportunity like for growth and development and transformation, uh, but to do it in a spirit, spiritual realm. So I, I think that's a still a positive thing to do, but I think we should talk about the resolutions that we make, for instance, in my own life, resolutions that I've made, and and the
0: fact that they've failed and why they have failed, and why they fail so often. Well, Jesus took on flesh to step into the muck of our everyday life. He may, you know, even though we may find ourselves in some of our darkest hours feeling completely abandoned by God, feeling alone, just like Jesus on the cross cried out, my God, why have you abandoned me? The reality is, is that in every moment, our darkest hours included, but also in the most mundane singular moments in our everyday life, God is there and wants to be a part of our life, and he does give us opportunities to glorify him in the everyday and in the mundane. Yeah. And so these spiritual resolutions, they don't have to just be the resolution to read the Bible more, although that's great. It doesn't have to just be a resolution to pray more or go to Mass more often, although all of those things are great. But anything that we do, including diet and exercise or a desire to, to clean our, our living space and, and, and to be more disciplined about maintaining living space, all of it can be done for the glory of God and can be undertaken in a God-fearing way, in right. a God-centered so way.
2: Essentially, all of them can become Spiritual resolutions, even if they may not seem on the front end, like you you resolve to clean the garage, right? You know, and I'm I'm probably speaking to the heart of many a uh, <laughs> a, a husband uh, or even many a wife out there who uh, either sees a really messy garage and either hopes the wife won't mention it anymore or realizes it needs to get done. You know, and and so we can actually turn that into a spiritual resolution. But before we even go there. Let 's talk about why so many resolutions fail like well, why we set these things up in front of us, and we uh you mentioned maybe we have the wrong meaning or, or purpose behind the resolution right right and that's maybe an obvious thing, but, but what if is is like i just i want to be healthier you know or I want to be more attentive to detail or uh you know i want to be better, i want to know more about uh my faith, and so I make these resolutions and still. I I fail. It doesn't take very long for me to, you know, reality to sink in in my my experience of, like, I make a resolution, but the world around me doesn't
0: change. You know, as I'm listening to you, Deacon Jeff, here's what I'm hearing in my heart. I'm imagining there might be a listener out there who's sitting here listening to us saying, my goodness. I'm having enough trouble doing diet and exercise or keeping yeah. my, my house clean. Now they're asking me to raise the stakes and put God's eyes on it. And now all of a sudden, like, what? If I if I don't end up falling through with this resolution, have I sinned or something? Am I let God down and Total not just failure. myself? Total yeah. failure, right? right. And, and no, that's not what we're saying. What's the benefit of making something a spiritual resolution? I think that in our culture, we have a, a self-reliant culture with a lot of self-starters. And if we are really turning our this moment of creating New Year's resolutions over to God and saying, Lord, there's all sorts of changes I want to make in my life, but give me ears to hear now. What's a change that you want me to make in my life? Then at that point, we are we are turning to him and we are relying upon him, which also gives an opportunity to rely upon his grace. So it's not just our anger with self or expectations that we may feel from society or culture or others or just within related to cleaning out the garage or whatever it might be that's forcing us to get up there and go. We're stepping in there with Christ because Christ has told us, you know what? I do want you to live uh, in a way that's more orderly or disciplined, or you know what? I do want you to eat or, or or ex- eat in a way that's right. more health minded, right. or make more health minded decisions related to exercise. But it's going to change things because it's not all going to be about uh, I have to have the perfect house to impress people, or I have to have the perfect body to impress people. It's more about it'll be what's a healthy God centered decision that right. I'm making.
2: Now, I would also say uh, one of the reasons why. Uh, some of our resolutions or many of our resolutions will fail uh, because we didn't ask a simple question before we did it. And right. that is, why am I resolving to do this? Mm. I mean, so it's, it's that simple, I think. So sometimes we put things upon ourselves, but we don't stop and think like, well, why? So, yeah, you, you can think like, well, because the garage is dirty. Right. I know, but Why? Why are you going to clean the garage? Why is that a resolution? Why is is it is it that is is that the end goal to have a clean garage? Because we all know that a clean garage means you uh, punch your ticket to heaven, right? <laughs> no, certainly it doesn't. I mean, and I think sometimes we have to stop and look at what we're resolving to do mm. and ask like is this something that God would ask me to do? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's good to have a messy garage. But I would imagine if you have a messy garage, like me, you probably got a messy desk and you probably got a messy that drawer in the kitchen that holds everything you know and there's just lots of different things in your life that probably are a little messy and and so the question is why am i resolving to do this and i think if you ask that simple question the answer if you're really praying about the answer the answer should have god in it somewhere oh yeah right and i think a lot of times we don't right and that's what leads us down the path of whether it's peer pressure or some some um idea that i have to look a certain way or weigh a certain amount or you know say a certain thing to be accepted the reality is we are accepted I and mean, we're other, loved by god
0: and the and the other fact is is yeah we may have a mess in our garage that in the temporal sphere could be cleaned or some mess in our house or some mess interiorly guess what We're all messes, and there's always going to be messes, and this life is all going to be about sorting out and cleaning up those messes one piece at a time in Christ, with Christ, and through Christ, with Him alongside us, but there's always going to be mess to clean up. We're never going to hit that point. If any of us have ever hit a point where we say, gee, we really have the spiritual life figured out, that's a problem.
2: No, you're exactly right, and I think that the key here is that you pray about your resolution. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think back on the times where I didn't do what I said I was going to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, even when I made spiritual resolutions, mm. I remember uh, going through the Curcio, and and my Curcio weekend was it was it was a, it was a turning point in my life. And at the end, do you have hand these little um, this little booklet out kind of thing, and you fill in these promises you make to Christ. Yeah. Right. It's a personal little sort of profession of promises. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I I still have that little thing. And I look at it every once in a while just so I can laugh at myself. (laughs) Because the guy that wrote that stuff thought that he was going to be able to do all that stuff mm-hmm. I somehow thought that that was going to even be possible and it wasn't even remotely possible i mean i talk about biting off more than you can chew i mean it wouldn't even fit into my entire mouth there's just there was no way i could do all of the things like, like multiple masses a week and reading the bible every day and uh, a rosary a day and it's like all these things that i thought because i was all fired up and on some kind of spiritual high which it was a beautiful experience but i don't think that i actually prayed about what I was getting ready to promise Christ to do.
0: Oh, interesting. Because
2: I think that if I had done that, God would have said, you know what, calm down. Yeah. You know, this is a beautiful moment. Just relish and love the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful gift to you,
0: and you're a gift to me. Don't try to overdo it. So I'm reminded of when I was, there years ago, I was discerning whether God was calling me to the to religious life, to the priesthood. And, uh, and that's also how I got built up in things like Ignatian spirituality, which is a topic we can talk about. Funny how uh, you uh, ended up at McDonald's the- doing french fries. That was, <laughs> I know, and that's, that's funny. What, that's your vocation.
2: <laughs> Thank goodness for your vocation.
0: <laughs> well, now I do french fries at the Catholic cafe. Amen. But, yeah, <laughs> but when during that discernment period in my life, I recognized that there was a particular re- religious order that I was gravitating to uh-huh. and, and discerning from. And one of the reali- reasons I was doing that, I realized, is I saw holiness in them. Right. And I wanted that holiness, and I thought of holiness as, well, they're all wearing this holiness hat. In this order. So if right. I join this order, then I get to put that hat on me too, right? As opposed to recognizing that Jesus wants to step into each one of our lives, including mine, and he wants to incarnate himself in us and flesh his good news in us based on where we are right now at any right. given moment. That's he right. wants to build upon us where we are at any given moment, and that's how the call to holiness works out, and if our resolutions aren't ordered in that same way, we're not going to be able to be in touch with what god's desiring to do in our lives
2: preach it brother see if aristotle if aristotle was sitting here he would say that your desire to be in that order was about honor one of the false forms of happiness like how how people would perceive you maybe how even you would perceive you right Right. which is which is an outside looking in thing which is rather rather than an inside looking out and so um obviously you didn't discern into that order. Uh not that that's what i'm sure it's a wonderful order but all that said this is why it's important for us to pray, right? Yes. And ask God, "What am I supposed to be resolving to do?"
0: Only, only one good reason to become a priest, and that's for the applause. That's for the applause. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I'm just joking. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to a- get some emails for those who tuned in just for the end and didn't yeah, realize and that was I'm a joke. And a lot of
2: priests are going like, "Wait a second, people get a, I, don't, I don't get applause." <laughs> Now you just created a, an anxiety complex for for so many priests. All kidding aside, uh, we have so much more to talk about here with this idea of of making resolutions and what they should be like. Uh, we're going to keep continuing this conversation on the other side of a break. But before we take that break, want to remind folks at home we got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com.
0: And like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our co- posts and comment on them. It makes a difference.
2: And with that, I resolve that we will be right back.
1: I'm Bess and this is another great moment in church history. Just about every family that celebrates Christmas will set up a nativity scene somewhere in their home. But most people are unfamiliar with the origins of this beautiful custom. The solemn tradition of the Christmas creche was started by none other than St. Francis of Assisi in the early 13th century. Just a few short years before his death, St. Francis traveled to Greccio, a small Italian town built on a beautiful mountainside, so that he might celebrate Christmas there. But because the local church was not near large enough to hold all those who desired to attend Midnight Mass, He sought permission from the Pope to hold Mass in a niche in a mountain wall in the town square. But this midnight Mass would prove to be quite unique. St. Francis set up the altar in preparation for the solemn occasion. St. Bonaventure, in his work, The Life of St. Francis of Assisi, written just after the death of St. Francis, takes up the story from here. He says, Then he prepared a manger, and brought hay, and an ox, and an ass to the place appointed. The brethren were summoned, the people ran together, the forest resounded with their voices, and that venerable night was made glorious by many and brilliant lights and sonorous psalms of praise. The man of God, St. Francis, stood before the manger, full of devotion and piety, bathed in tears and radiant with joy. The holy gospel was chanted by Francis, the Levite of Christ. Then he preached to the people around the nativity of the poor king, and being unable to utter his name for the tenderness of his love, he called him the Babe of Bethlehem. That would be special enough if the story ended there, but it doesn't. St. Bonaventure then goes on to tell us that a miracle occurred on that cold and clear Christmas morning on the mountainside. After St. Francis prayed before the tiny wooden manger, a beautiful baby appeared for all to see, sleeping in the manger. It was the Christ child. The entire town and all those pilgrims who had come to celebrate Midnight Mass with St. Francis were genuinely moved by this miraculous event. Not only that, but, lest anyone in the town should doubt, there were many stories of the miraculous healings that came from touching the hay on which Jesus slept. And so, to this very day, the tradition of the Christmas creche, the nativity scene, is held with great reverence in the homes of Christians throughout the world. I'm Bess Droszymski, and this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff.
2: And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, and this is also... Uh, the luxurious corner booth in which sits beside me Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. Yes. The man, the legend. <laughs> so uh, Sam and I are talking about resolutions. Mm. New Year's, because this is what everyone, it's on everyone's mind and, and it's kind of a, you know, like it's a conversation starter at yeah. this time of year because what happens is just in the same way, you'd say, like, well, how's the weather? How's it going? You doing all right?
0: I already ate the donut.
2: Yes, okay. So, so you have weird conversations with people as you're passing by, don't you? But, but uh, people will ask you, so what's your uh, New Year's resolution? <laughs> yes. And it's like, so then you make up one. Right. Because you really don't have one because you keep failing at them. Yes. I mean, this is, I've done this before. Well, I'm going to resolve to, and then it's just like, what comes to mind? Lord, quickly. Put something in my mind. Shave my head. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to be a Tibetan monk. I think my bishop would be upset with that, but but I'll have to. I need to check with him. But anyway, all those you know times that we do this is like everyone wants to know what your New Year's resolution is going to be. Yes. Um, and so the thing is, um, we're talking about like how to do this in a way that might benefit you. I mean, the whole idea behind doing a resolution, making a resolution at this time of year, would be because that it would benefit you in some way. Mm. right? And the way we would see this in a Catholic context is it's going to grow you closer to Jesus. It's going to grow you closer in your journey on the way to heaven. Right. right? I mean, ultimately, that's what this resolution is supposed to do. It isn't going to save you. Yeah. But it's like you making a conscious effort to move forward in a positive way. Right. Absolutely. So, so resolutions are good, but I think one of the reasons why we fail at them is because we don't make them reasonable. Right. We don't. We don't ask God about them. We talked about that in the first segment. Mm-hmm. Right. And we might actually be doing them for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. We talked about that in the first segment. But certainly, I think sometimes we're unreasonable. I, I mentioned that after Curcio, I was unreasonable in what I thought I was going to be able to be doing every single day of the rest of my life.
0: You know, one thing to keep in mind, St. Ignatius Loyola has a uh, beautiful framework for spirituality and for discerning the will of God, you know, commonly referred to as Ignatian spirituality. Lots of books out there. Uh, Timothy Gallagher has some great books on there and a great DVD series that he did through EWTN called Living the Discerning Life. I'd highly recommend it. And people in the know call it Iggy. (laughs) (laughs) Or yes, 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 (laughs) absolutely. Well, one of the things that Ignatius teaches is that, you know, you should only form spiritual problems. Positions or these resolutions in a state of consolation that our spiritual walk is we're alternating between states of consolation and desolation
2: right and you can imagine that's like good things happening and bad things happening right? Just, I'm just trying to help people like me who are listening going what is he talking about using fancy church terms well, well again. so
0: consolation some of us might uh, kind of assume that consolation means happy and desolation means sad no. and it, it can mean those, those sadness and happiness can correspond ish but consolation means are you growing in faith hope and charity right. are you growing in your prayer life right now desolation is prayer hard is the spiritual life hard is belief in God hard is showing up yeah. to church hard and guess what we all go through periods of desolation and right. I'll go through periods of consolation, and the idea is you only form your propositions during states of consolation, and then when des and, and you always do so knowing that desolation will come, right. and then in times of desolation you are you are heartened by the fact that eventually consolation will come, and you're going to stick to these resolutions during your state of desolation. But you want to choose your 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 so like if you for example have never read the Bible for a protected period of time on a daily basis, you don't want to say I'm going to start reading it every day for an hour if you've never even done it for 10 minutes a day that's right start it at 10 minutes a day because guess what when desolation sings in it might feel impossible to pick up that bible for even that's 10 right minutes. then you
2: feel like a failure right right and so again that's i think that's one of the things that we're, that that would i would talk about when, and say when we're making our resolutions uh, I think of the old uh, corporate adage, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I mean, you, you're not going to eat the elephant all at once, and so you're not going to be able to make this spiritual resolution that's going to change your life, right? By, but, you know, and that's what happens. I think the, the 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 Ignatian way of looking at it would be like you probably made that at a time when you're when you're in that desolation stage, when you're in that point where it's painful, it's hurting, it's it's uh, you're struggling with something. It's like, well, then to overcompensate. Is problematic, mm-hmm. you know, and so when we're in a state of consolation, we should be real realistic about life and know that desolation will come. Right, there will be yes. challenges. Right, and so the realism there is important. And when we're in a, a, a stage of desolation, certainly we we need to be hopeful that. Uh, and rely on the hope that consolation will come. You yes, know? and so that's a more balanced approach. So you want to make those resolutions when you're in a, a state of awareness, right? of 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 the goodness, like that you're in the right place. Because when you're in the wrong place, we make wrong decisions. And if
0: you're listening to the show and you're like, you know what, I think I'm in desolation. You know, prayer is hard right now. Believe this show
2: me. does that to a lot of people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but if you think that, and you and you, but you can think back to a period in your life. Where belief in God felt really natural, where prayer came easy, where faith, hope, and charity was just sort of a felt more a part of who, yeah. you, who you are. Think back to those times. Was there something you were doing back then that's yeah. different now? Like were you praying a rosary every day or something like that? Right. And if there was something that you were doing then that you just stopped doing, Maybe make that your New Year's resolution. Of yeah, saying, pick I'm that gonna up again. Pick that up again. Yeah. So,
2: I so this is about self. This is about the exam, right? This is yeah. about self-examination <laughs> and looking at what what am I doing and right. what am I not doing. Yes. Right. So that's a that's a great thing. A great way to look at these these reasonable resolutions that we're going to make. Also, I think another thing that will help our resolutions resolutions. You know, basically come to pass mm-hmm. um, is essentially to realize that we're in partnership with God here. Yes. Right? This is not some kind of tax levied on us mm-hmm. by God. You must perform at this level. <laughs> I mean, essentially, this is us journeying to God, and we have the Savior, Jesus, walking along with us on this path. We're not alone. right? Right. And, and I think a lot of times we, we think that we're, we're on our own, and I've got to do this, and I've got to pull myself up by my bootstraps, and the reality is Jesus is really saying, let's do this together. Yes. It'll be fun. Let's go to the beach. You know, it's like, let's have a party. That's what Jesus wants to do. So these resolutions really need to be done something that are, that, that are done with God. Yes. Not to attain God. Right, not to reach God, but to be with God.
0: Yes. in your resolution, let it be God within you who's doing it.
2: Amen. So, so that part I think is a is a is a is a profound reality that I think a lot of people don't think about. Right. When they're making those resolutions. And then I think also there was a great saint that once said, be patient with your own defects.
0: Yes, St. Therese of the yeah, Sue. Yeah, it was just
2: right on the tip of my tongue. This is why we have you on here, Sam. Uh, yeah, well, you mentioned that in the break, and, and, and that's such a profound statement, and that's why she's a saint. Um, but uh, St. Therese, w- w- you know, saying this is helping us all realize it's okay.
0: Yes. We are broken. She said, "It's the hardest form of humility to be patient with your own defects. Can't do it, right?
2: Right? We struggle with that more than more than we're, we're, we think we're impatient with other people. We're really mostly impatient with ourselves.
0: But if we can't be patient with all the many defects in our lives, then we're not, how are we going to be able to focus on one yeah. to address, you know, one or, or a couple of them? Because we can't fix it all, right?" But we, if we can't be comfortable with the fact of, you know what? Yes, I'm a hot mess. I'm broken. Yeah. You know, I got a lot of defects, but I'm trying to invite God into every aspect of my life and trying to focus on working with him on yeah. one particular problem right now.
2: And I think St. Therese of Lisieux would just say, you know, how do you eat the elephant? One holy bite at a time. Right. <laughs> yes. So, so we are we are we are we're defective. You know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a sense, in, in our own uh, inability to, we're not perfect. I mean, yeah. we, we just aren't, and we're never going to be. Uh, and there's always concupiscence, and there's always this draw to sin, and we're going to struggle with that the rest of our lives. But if we try to, to do one thing, we do it with God, right and it's amazing how a transformation can take place with just the smallest little detail that we change in our lives our resolution needs to be something that's reasonable something attainable something that walks with God something we've prayed about mm. right and we if we do those things that's the recipe for success
0: and sometimes we need to get the advice of another person to bring them into the conversation as well
2: absolutely we are put in community for a reason mm-hmm. we're not born in caves and stay in caves all our <laughs> lives right we we have other people to lean on and so hey does this sound unreasonable they're going to be like yeah it's like thank you i didn't realize that but so these are all great things and so for if, if you're struggling with a resolution if you're if you're failing a resolution all the time and you just really want to do something new and different this year have a reasonable resolution that you make attuned to what God is calling each of us to be and each of us to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Happy
2: New Year to everybody. And uh, let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us. Yes. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of, of God,
1: God. Pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners, now, now the at the hour, hour of our morning. death. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com